Yes, I believe in the idea of demons. I'm not sure if they're exactly demons. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Let me just try to explain here. I think that there are evil spirits and there are different forms of that, such as poltergeists and what we say as quote-unquote demons. Uh, I don't think that they have what some people might think of like a religious connotation of like Satan, well, like Lucifer Satan with like God and Jesus and stuff like that, because I'm I'm not a religious person, but if you do believe in that, then may that be your realm of demons. But for me, I just think that they're evil things that cause harm that we just cloak under the term of demons. Welcome, DR listeners. Can you possibly <laughs> imagine what we're about to talk about today? <laughs> Welcome to Discussion Ready. It's a special, special on the road edition. We should have like a little newscast. Do, 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 do. Right? Happy Halloween! Woo! Fine, you guys do whatever you want. Okay. I was just saying, like, I don't know. I'm like, here's this weird person. Like, we knew Riley because he was your roommate. Oh, right, because we mentioned him like a million times. Yeah. We can... So, anyways, hi guys, <laughs> we're back. Did you already start? With he did start in mid this is conversation. <laughs> we like just I do it at random points, so like it just picks up something. Um, so this, so do you believe in ghosts? Because uh, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Actually, who are you gonna call? Your mom. Discussion Ooh. ready. Oh. <laughs> Yo, mama. Hi guys, we're back. We're back for a, a big special for you guys today. We recorded an epic podcast all about ghosts, The Shining. The Stanley Hotel. Fucking haunted hotels. Welcome to October. We start off big. We're going to continue this trend. Yeah. And so I want to introduce you guys to our good friend, Sam, who um, we've been staying with this trip. Yeah. What's up? We've known Sam since college. Um, I was good friends with Sam in college. DeAndre and Sam kind of knew each other. Um, So this is... It was basically like being ghosts. You know, you're there. (laughs) (laughs) So this is like kind of this weekend is kind of the first time that they've like full on met each other, mm-hmm. like for real. The streets, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, we uh, explored the Stanley Hotel this weekend uh, to see the ghosts and see the inspiration for Stanley. Sorry, Stephen King's The Shining, which then inspired Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, we caught some stuff that we're gonna. Yeah, Exper- and experiences that we'll, we'll get into that in part two. All the stuff that we saw and experienced, and um, and it was the perfect time of, to do it. Yeah, October. It was October. Things were hopping at that hotel. It was vibrant. Warner Brothers was there. Stephen King might have been there. We don't know. It totally was for sure. He was. there was weddings happening. <coughs> there was a giant masquerade or costume ball happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, that place is gorgeous. It was popping. It was. Hella popping, but hey, welcome back with us. We are ready to go and roll and talk about these ghosts and horror flicks. Yeah, it's um, we got a good one today for you guys. Yeah, we do. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Discussion Ready. 
want to apologize because I just checked how long. Oh, well, first of all, that is Franco drinking some water right now. That's me. Lapping it up. Lapping it up. (laughs) (laughs) We have some special guests today. Yeah. But first of all, I do want to apologize, both of us. Um, I didn't realize our last episode was September 8th. We've kind of lost track of time there. But we're starting October midway in strong with uh, some Halloween themed and spooky style the episodes for you guys starting with the shining yes so uh this was a very special episode that we did hopefully the first of many episodes that we'll do in this style where we actually decided to not only um you know watch a movie and like get into the history of it we decided to like really dig deep and drive to the place that the movie kind of gets its origins from which is in this case the stanley hotel which is what uh the place that stephen king stayed that inspired him to write the Shining novel. But uh, before we get into that, I want to introduce uh, our special guest today. Um, this is our very good friend of the show, uh, Samantha, and uh, we call her Sammy. Sammy is a ghost enthusiast who has been fascinated with paranormal her whole life. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm so excited. Woo. She's the center of attention, so you might hear her loud and clear, as well as we got Sorry. other special guests okay. kind of... Walking around with us. Her- yeah. I have um, my dog, who I had to take the squeaky toy away from. <laughs> and then my cats that are apparently just want to jump in the window right now. So I'm yeah. sorry. That's okay. So a little bit of background. Sam actually um, let us stay with her uh, so that we could come here uh, to explore the Stanley. Because Sam lives in Colorado. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. So she's been uh, providing us with a place to sleep and food to eat and water to drink for the last... For a little journey we got going like on. 24 hours. Our, <laughs> our, first, our first discussion ready on the road. Yes. Um, we also... Franco showed me for the first time The Shining. Yes, I have never seen it uh, until earlier this week when we watched it. So why don't we should start with uh, that. So why... Had you never seen The Shining? I, I, what Stanley Kubrick films? What the fuck? I'm sorry. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick films, like, just I, I'm not in a rush to see them. I wasn't like, I, I need to see 2001. I need to, I need to see The Shining. You know, I there are things that I'm interested in seeing, but it's not something I'm like adamantly like dying to see. Um, but The Shining is definitely one a horror film that I've I've wanted to like delve into for a while. Uh, and this was the perfect opportunity to do so, especially since you're like, well, we got to watch it. <laughs> this is yeah. an outrage. And I'm like, all right, it's, it's, it's okay, Franco. It's going to be okay. I've been telling DeAndre to watch it for about two years now. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, but we finally got there mm-hmm. and I had to sit on it for a bit, but it was good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I'll read the book though. So I don't really generally read Stephen King novels. I feel like he's kind of a hit or miss in terms of if you like him or not. Yeah. So um, actually the first time I saw The Shining, Sam was the one who showed me uh, the film and uh, actually loaned me the book. And um, why don't you like tell us a little bit about um, like why and and, like how long you've been interested in ghosts and like what brought you to this story? Okay. So, I mean, I've been interested in ghosts because like my mom grew, I grew up and my mom would tell me ghost stories from when she was like a child and I just have been interested because of her stories. And so I'm just like, 
what's going on? Is this real? Is this not real? So I've just, just been looking into it as much myself, not so much like going out and exploring, trying to find these things, but like looking on television and being like, oh, well, this TV show is really cool and they have like really cool evidence, quote unquote. But, you know, some things are obviously not real evidence. Some things are. But like when you see something that like professionals are like, this has not been edited, that's what really gets my mind going with television shows. And people will love or hate this, but one of my big and favorite one is Ghost Adventures. Love Ghost Adventures. Yeah. They're a bit dramatic at times, but I think it makes it funny. They are a group of hilarious men. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <at> this- <laughs> and it's been like years of this. Like they They've never, been doing it. Like- I started watching it when I was in fucking high school. Yeah. Am I allowed to cuss? Yeah. yeah. Okay, sick. Um, <laughs> when I was like in high school, so like, that was I started high school over a decade ago, so they've been doing this for like a good decade, and it's like a, obviously a solid career because Zach has his museum and all this fun stuff. But um, I originally got into The Shining because of this really cool band called Thirty Seconds to Mars. Ooh. Yeah, Jared Leto band, right? The Jared Leto band. But what happened is like when I was in eighth grade. I first heard A Beautiful Lie, which has nothing to do with this, but then it really got me into the band. And so then I looked into more of their music, and then I heard The Kill, which that music video is based off of The Shining. And so then I was like a teenager that was in love with this band and so fanatic that I was like, I have to like figure out what this movie's about because the music video is brilliant. Like, yeah. I feel like Jared does a good job of like incorporating the important parts of The Shining into, like, his music video and making it a story of his own at the same time. But, so, yeah, that's how I got into The Shining, and it's just been something that I've been so fascinated with ever since. It's so cool. I forgot that one of the big reasons I wanted to see The Shining finally, like, was because of Steven Steven Spielberg's uh, Ready Player One, because there's the whole Shining scene in it, and I thought it was, like, great and hilarious and, like, kind of a cool homage to... uh, to The Shining, mm-hmm. it was definitely not at all the same. But I was like, if this is in the movie, even like a little bit, like I definitely am going to be interested. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the the first time that um, I watched it actually with you. I was like, I had never really been into horror films, um, and I think honestly, I think that was like one of the first ones I ever watched. But I just remember like, for me, that movie was kind of. Like, I, I don't know. I feel it felt kind of like it opened a door for me because it was just so, like, unsettling. And mm-hmm. with an X? Yeah. <laughs> opened it right up. Opened that door right up and was like, here's Johnny. <laughs> but um, it was like the first movie that I saw where I was like, there's something, like, going on in this movie that's, like, more than what I'm aware of. Yeah. And I think. Also, the part that, like, Stephen King is such a brilliant writer in is, like, the psychological thriller part of it. It's, like, it's not just this guy's murdering his family. He's literally going through a psychotic break. Yeah. And, like, seeing these ghosts and, like, seeing these things and, like, thinking that he has to kill his family for whatever reason. If you don't – if you haven't read the book, read the book. I think it's really good. It's definitely, obviously, better than the movie – but it gives you a lot more than what the movie can offer. The movie gives you, like, a glimpse into, like, the mind of Jack Torrance. Mm. The book gives you, like, a breakdown of Jack Torrance. And, like, not just Jack, but, like, his whole family. Like, it's not a very happy situation. Mm-hmm. I love I, – so I read the book recently for the first time, getting ready for this episode. And 
Um, I was kind of like blown away by all the scenes of Danny. Because in the movie, like you have, he's a obviously a very important character, but in the book, you get to like be inside his mind. Mm -hmm. And I was really impressed with the way Stephen King like wrote from the perspective of a child and like explained. Because there's all these parts where like he hears his parents fighting, and he's like reading their thoughts and hearing them like think about the word divorce, for instance. Mm -hmm. And then he's like he senses that that word is like bad, and then it doesn't come back, and it stays away for a while. And so just like reading how he understands the world was really fascinating to me. Yeah, I agree. And I think that also, like, the the tension between Wendy and Jack is something that wasn't really explained in the movie. All of a sudden, Jack is just an asshole yeah, to Wendy. And I it's just kind of, like, it's just, like, weird the way they, like, try to transition into it. And I don't know if that's, like, a director's idea, if gonna, that's a writer's a, idea, or whatever is, the movie Is there a different cut were. of the film? There I probably already. is. I have not that's seen it. That's a I have to do some research, but, and this is perfect timing too, because we're right on the heels of Dr. Sleep, which, uh, by the way, when we went to the Stanley Hotel, their uh, Warner Brothers had taken over the hotel in, <laughs> in preparation for Dr. Sleep. So that was cool. That was pretty um, crazy. There was no confirmation or denying that Stephen King was or wasn't there. Several people were asking during the tour, um, and they would say nothing about it. Yeah, uh, they'd be like, even if we did know, I couldn't tell you. So yeah. it's just like, well, the but, fact that you're not yeah. saying yay or nay. Like, he's here. He's like, so there. He's probably in 217, you know? <gasps> he was probably in that room. No, they probably, and like, was like, I'm right next no. to him and I don't even know. Whoever, like, rented out that room, like, years and years ago, they, like, got a call and they were like, sorry, you can't come up. Stephen King's taking Oh, yeah, we got to cancel your reservation. You've waited years call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because Warner Brothers has more money and they're paying for it. And it's yeah. super fucking cute. Yeah. Also, so. according to uh, Reddit, yes, there are two cuts of the movie. One is... Interesting. Yeah. One is uh, 144 minutes and the other is 120 minutes. Okay. So there's like extra 24 is there? Does it explain like the differences or... Um, but yeah, so Warner Brothers took over. There was a few rooms we couldn't explore, unfortunately, but... They are getting marketing all over the hotel for Dr. Sleep mm -hmm. and highlighting The Shining again. So that's cool. We'll talk more about that in a little bit, though. Um, and real quick, what I read is that um, the 144-minute cut has more character development of Danny and Wendy. I like that. So, I yeah. probably need to look into that and see that because that's the part that I feel like was really like. Which one did we watch? Do we know? I think we probably watched the shorter one. Okay. Probably. But um, I think that's the one. Apparently, I've seen. that's the one Kubrick prefers. The 140? That's what, I, the 120 is the, 120. the one that I, is okay. what I read. Interesting. I'm sorry, don't even get me started about Kubrick. Uh, yeah, so I, I know. Sam made like an angry, like, motion to the so sky. Why would, a, why would a director prefer the one that's shorter? Yeah. Like, as a fucking director, wouldn't you want something that, like, gives your movie more justice? Like, character development? Because that's, like, the basis of a story. Like, who cares about characters that aren't developing? Whatever. I'm done. I don't know. I can't ask him now. But, um. <laughs> we could do a seance. And see well, like. Could you imagine he, like, shows up? He's like, I get these, like, once every year. Can, can we not? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not answering any more questions about The Shining. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know what? Here's one answer for you. I, I hate the movie. Like, you guys made me hate it. <laughs> so if, um, I'm going to post a link to it on our Twitter page. So you should follow us at ReadyPod. But um, there's this really fascinating documentary that shows uh, Kubrick's daughter, being interviewed by this guy who's, I believe, uh, had a magazine in Japan. This is, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I'll have to check. But um, there's this part in the sort of the middle of the documentary 
where he uh, asks Kubrick to explain the ending of The Shining. And it's the only time I've ever heard him explain it. And he also explains the ending of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> it's really cool. Like it, It's kind of like what I thought it was, but just like hearing it in his own words is, is nice, I guess. Um, what was I going to go into? That's Stanley Kubrick is crazy. Yeah. I'm just like reading. I forget like how much he does to just make a movie. The stress he puts everything and everybody on. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about the hotel. We got some, uh, the tour, the ghost tour that we had. Uh, we may or may not have captured some stuff. We're going to post everything that we got. Uh, see if you see what we see. Yeah. So do we want to talk about that? Okay. Well, so. Well, let's keep on the movie for now. Okay. And then we get into it. And the, and the material. But um, give a little backstory on Stanley and like Stephen King's like set up since Mr. Writer over here. His experience. Yeah. Well, Stanley Kubrick um, said that he was just constantly reading books to try to find stories that would make good movies. Mm -hmm. A couple of his films, I believe, are based on books. A Clockwork Orange is another one. I love A Clockwork Orange. Do you like that one? It's so good. I have never seen it all See, the way See, that's through. another one that I haven't even watched. It's we should watch that next. Okay. fucking wild. I am, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, derailing for literally a moment, but, like, when I stopped watching that movie and it was over, I literally was like, the world is fucked and we're all going to die. <laughs> like, that was, like, how I felt. So... It's so dark. And that's so crazy because, like, I feel like you can get a different message about the world from Mm -hmm. every Kubrick. Because, like, for me, my favorite one is 2001. I know a lot of people think 2001 is super boring. But I watched it last – well, actually, at this point, it was, like, two years ago on uh, a big screen in a movie theater. And it changed my life. It was amazing. Like, seeing it on the big screen and the music and the score and everything, it was incredible. But – um. Like when I watched that movie, I had like the watch the, the ending scene, like no matter how you interpret it, and I've interpreted it like a bunch of different ways, the different times that I've seen it. But like when I watched the ending of the scene, I've always felt like really like hopeful. I've always right. been like, like we're gonna be like humanity has a destiny and we're gonna transcend this, you know, th- this like earth and this this you know, form that we're in. I don't know. It's like but it's so interesting that those two messages come from the same director. Right. And movies that I actually think are pretty similar in a lot of ways. What do you think? That was nowhere the thought that I had you go on. <laughs> I love your tangent. Sorry. It was a t- okay. Go into Stephen King now, damn it. Right. So Stephen King. That's my job. You took my job away from me. <laughs> so Stephen King. So a big part of the book, and I think probably the movie too, is um, alcoholism. Because Stephen King was certainly an alcoholic when he wrote The Shining. I think that's like pretty much accepted and confirmed. I think he's talked about that. And um, so a lot of people have speculated, and I don't know how much Stephen King himself has said this, but a lot of people say that Jack is actually really heavily based on Stephen King as a character. Um, because he's like, a, you know, he's a writer. He's like down on his luck. He's an alcoholic. He's a husband. Um, he was a teacher. That's right. He was a teacher, uh, which Stephen King was at the time. So, um, that is like a big part of what comes into the story. And I think maybe that's like one of the things that's different about the movie 
and the book is I think the book focuses more on Jack as like a human and how like that's part of like why he's susceptible to the, the evil of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the movie is more like, I don't know, the movie is more like a cult and like what Stanley Kubrick said in the interview that I mentioned is that the hotel is an evil reincarnation. And the idea that he was really into is that like Jack has always been a part of the hotel and like, um, that's why there's the line about you've always been the caretaker. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Oh, yeah. You don't like it. You don't like it. Greedy. I don't like, re- I don't like the idea of reincarnation. Okay. It just, like, blows my mind to think that we are just living lives over and over again. Like, yeah. I would like to think that we're independent souls. hmm But again. We were kind of talking about this on the car ride we, up. We were, yeah. Um, I think it's cool to think that you can also relive a different life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm on the fence, but like for the movie, because of how the book is, I just don't, it was a very interesting way to go, I guess. Strange choice. Very strange. Yeah. Uh yeah, you had a different interpretation and you're trying to explain yours and I understood it, but for me I still was like thinking that it was like more reincarnation and not like a, what was I trying to tell you? Not repeating itself. Like are you talking about like reincarnation itself or like, well, so in the movie at, by the end of it, and I still have to hear, here's the thing about Stanley Kubrick. You can't just like watch it once really. Like mm-hmm. you eventually have to go back to certain things because mm-hmm. you definitely miss out on things. Or as you grow up, you kind of see the movie differently. You have a better <laughs> respect for it. He and like rolling on his bike. Oh, cute. Um, you have We're a, looking at Sam's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. We're getting distracted by pets. adorable animals. Yeah. Um, but the the genius of like Santa Kubrick is it ages well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you and you age as you get older. You understand something different the next time. Mm-hmm. You can totally. there's a lot of stuff with like films, but I feel like that's why Stanley's films a lot of times don't hit the mark right away. But you know, like after a while, after he's been established, you kind of know like you got to sit on this one. Like you can't just like ex- and a lot a good amount of people already right away like liked his movies like right off the bat they're like oh my god that was amazing and the mass audience was like i didn't i just didn't get it i didn't i didn't like it because i didn't get it and so they come back to it later and they're like oh my god now i understand like this this yeah um but no with the ending uh i had like two thoughts which was like jack has always been a ghost like ever since the beginning and he's just like reliving a repetitive moment that keeps going back and back um Mm -hmm. and then there's the reincarnation where he's actually a person and living off wherever and then, yeah, it lives that same scenario again where he comes in, he's the caretaker. They die, they repeat, you know. And, yeah. And, but it's like a different scenario and ending each time because, like, with Grady, he successfully killed his, like, family and yeah. himself. Um, and then how's – you said that uh, Halloran? Is it Halloran? Yeah, Dick Halloran. And so and that's, a, that's a very weird thing for me, and I don't understand why it happens that way. Well, actually, I do sort of have a theory about why, but anyway, um, in the book, Dick Halloran, the character who's played by Scatman Crothers in the movie, does not die at the end of the book. And he actually appears in Dr. Sleep, and it's revealed that he was sort of a mentor to Danny and yeah. like teaching him how to how to be a psychic and like how to help other people. Cause, and that's I actually really love that about – we can get into Dr. Sleep in a second, but I really love that, that like in the book that that – 
relationship exists and, and Halloran like is sort of like a father to Danny mm-hmm. in a way, like since his father's mm-hmm. not present. But yeah, that's a strange thing is that in the movie, Stanley Kubrick chose to kill Dick Halloran. And um, what do you guys think about that? Like immediately. It's because like he was he, black. That's a, <laughs> I might, yeah. It, it was I'm a racist kidding. thing. I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like Stanley might have thought that it might have been a crutch and he didn't want that in his film and again how you were telling me while we were watching the movie and you're like see this scene in the book like stephen king wrote this so i'm gonna look this up stanley kubrick decided to like say fuck you stephen king Mm -hmm. yeah i'm gonna Um, look this upside so i get the details correctly because you you brought up the what is the the red like bug that apparently they drive yeah i want to get the color right and everything so i'm just gonna look it up real quick um and like you know, like Stanley rewrote the movie. That's why it's obviously called The Shining. Everything ever since, like, that's any associated with Stephen King is always Stephen King's whatever, um, except for The Shining. The Shining is just The Shining. I've never thought of that. That's yeah. so true. And Weird. then when the 90s adaptation came out, it was Stephen King's The Shining. So you got your interpretation of, you know, Stanley Kubrick had inspiration from the book, but this is Stanley Kubrick's film. Like this is where he wants it to go. And him being very Stanley Kubrickry, eh, Kubrickry, whatever. Um, and having all hands on it and being like, no, this is my story. This is where I see it going. Um, I don't care what the book is or the audience feels like yeah. this is what, what it's going to be. And that's probably what happened when the movie first came out. Like a lot of Stephen King fans went to go watch the movie and they're like, I hate this. Like this, nothing like the book. This right. isn't what happens, you know? And then, if you you got to separate the two, like yeah, it's Stanley Kubrick's Shining and Stephen King's Shining. Um, I am sad that they didn't use the Stanley Hotel for the first the first movie. At least they did it for the the miniseries. But I mean the the fictional overlook that they had in Stanley Kubrick's is really cool too, like and ominous and spooky. Yeah. So the the thing that you mentioned before that I told you while we were watching the movie is that in the movie, um. Jack drives a VW Beetle, and in the book, the Beetle's red, but in the movie, it's yellow. So there's a scene at the end, towards the end of the movie, where Halloran is trying to get to the hotel, Mm -hmm. and he drives past a a VW Beetle that's, like, crashed on the side of the road, and he, like, stops and, like, looks at it, and, like, there's, like, a focus on it. Like, it's in the shot for several seconds, and, like, it passes by. So a lot of people speculate that what that is is Stanley Kubrick saying that, like, his movie, is, he doesn't care about Stephen King's ending because that's like the, the the car that's in the in the and apparently Stephen King also owned a red bug. So the red you see the red bug crash and he's like, I don't care about his ending. I don't care about his story. This is my story. This is my ending. And I think that fits well now that I think about it because again, like it's Stanley Kubrick's film, and to have him literally like, okay, guys, we've we've done followed the book a little bit to this point. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for you to see my vision through. Right. Yeah. Um, I also think he just wanted to kill as many people as possible. Like yeah. he wanted it to be as horrific as possible, possibly, to make it more of a yeah. horror. Perhaps. Well, there's so many details in the movie that I think people make more out of than it probably is. Like I do this. Well, I mean, it's, I love doing. That's this. the thing with like Stanley Kubrick too. Like he's done so much in his ba- in the background yeah. and like just seeing uh, the visualization of everything. And you're like, is that something he would have done? Is that like is yeah. that intentional or not? You know, I was <laughs> making jokes, you know, because you're telling me about like the the native cans, yeah. you know, all facing a certain way, and you're like, if you notice it in the movie, it they're always facing towards 
one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter if they're like, oh, they moved over. The cans move over with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was joking about, like, oh, do you think Stanley did the Oreos on purpose? Like, they're just standing right there. <laughs> like, the Oreos are also facing yeah. the camera. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that – and that's something I also want to talk about. Do you guys – what do you guys think about all the, like, conspiracy theories about – like, one of my favorite ones is that people think Stanley Kubrick actually filmed the moon landing. Oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> this was one of yeah. the favorite my favorite things though is that Franco was talking about this so it's, during the movie yeah. and like um it's very interesting the 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 points he points out cuz he's like see theorists believe that in this scene he's um like he's talking to Wendy. Yeah, he's talking to Wendy and he's like but it's actually Stanley Kubrick talking to the audience being like I had to do it because of the gets the government blah 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 whatever yeah. um and then there's that very on the nose one with danny and you're like why is he wearing an apollo 11 shirt oh my god like, that's it, why you posted that stupid picture yes yeah <laughs> it's on our twitter page if you guys go look so that is the one thing that always trips me out and i just want to say i don't think stanley kubrick filmed the moon landing but i know that people think that and so whenever i watch the scene in the movie where danny is wearing an apollo 11 sweater I'm like, that is super weird. Like, why is that in there? Because and like, it's cute. It's, it's a what? cute little yeah. sweater. It's like 20 years later because it was the 60s mm-hmm. and then this one was 80. Oh, so it's like completely irrelevant. I don't know what year it was written. What? The sixth created. The, the moon event happened in 64? I thought it was like 69. 69? Anyways, it was in the 60s. And then we Shining comes out in... Shining. 69. The Shining comes out in 81. So it's like a few, it's like a few years down the road, you know, but it's also like, it doesn't help Stanley Kubrick's case when he has certain key lines written in there and like the Apollo 11, like shirt, you know, and yeah, the, he could have looked at it and be like, get rid of that shirt. Like put some other he sweater on. He was just like, these fuckers think I, I'll give them something to think about. <laughs> could, think yeah, that's true too. <laughs> or like, like, or like it could have been yeah. just like costumes came up and like, we have an idea. Just go with us. And then right. they like yeah. put it on and he's like, ha, that's funny. Yeah, let's do it. No, literally. I can see him <laughs> being like that. Probably. So I read about it and actually apparently that like the guy who was like, um, I think a PA, is that what it's called? Personal assistant? Yeah. Or, or, on The Shining was like laughing about it. He did like a New Yorker interview where he's like laughing about a lot of theories. He was like, that sweater was just like one of the cast members and like knitted it. We were like, he needs this cute sweater for a little boy. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah, see, like the things that that, but that's the thing about Stanley is you you start like overthinking because yeah. you're like you it's just don't like know. David and, Lynch. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, that's totally intentional. When it, and I feel like that happens a lot with movies, um, especially psychological ones, because mm-hmm. you start overanalyzing. That's the fun of them. Like you start overanalyzing and stuff, and you're like, was that intentional? Was that not? And a lot of times, it really wasn't. And if a director or someone being interviewed for it is asked about it. Uh, they'll just be like, no, we just, that's what we had on the day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, or like, you know what? I didn't even notice that when we shot it, like that's something just, or an editor just put that in there. So but they thought it filled the scene better, but everyone yeah. like overanalyzes it a lot. And, and then they start believing it. They're like, no, 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 they're lying. Like that. They're just trying to throw you off. Like obviously, yeah. obviously it'd be it, but working in movies, it's a hundred percent possible things just randomly happen Absolutely. because there's so much going on and so many different team members and stuff. You don't, you don't think of it. And also that's another thing. A lot of times people were bit, everybody is so busy. They don't have like time unless the director intentionally intends to have something in there. 
Yeah. Um, they don't have time to be like, oh, I'm going to sneak this in. Oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I'm going to put this coffee cup right here because <laughs> it means something. Yeah. So for, for anybody who's listening, if you like conspiracy theories or you like to laugh at conspiracy theories, uh, the, there's a documentary that's about all of the conspiracy theories in The Shining, and it's called Room 237. It's it's pretty amazing. Like it's parts of it are just like absolutely hilarious. And then parts of it, I actually think like there's one theory around The Shining that I actually think there's probably something to, which is that a part of the movie is about um, like the genocide of Native Americans. Mm-hmm. I actually think that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's like um, that line at the beginning about how this the hotel is built on an Indian burial ground. And then there's there are those scenes like I know we're laughing about it, but it is kind of weird. Like apparently Stanley Kubrick wanted all these cans in the pantry that have um, a native American on them, like turned to face the camera. So I don't know. That's like the one theory that I'm always like, I I feel like maybe there's something in here with this. Mm -hmm. One of the things with the the movie that I do like that Stanley um, at least was courteous about is like, he thought about room 217 and he's like, I don't want people to be scared to like go in there. Oh right, the Stanley Hotel. So I'm gonna make it 237 instead. Yeah. Um, but I love how the Stanley Hotel embraced it like 100. percent So in their gift shop and stuff, they have room 217, and their coffee shop had the latte 217, and you know, like everyone wants to stay in 217. Yeah. It's, like, so booked all the time. I think it's because people are actually a little bit more like welcoming of like the idea of ghosts. Like they're curious, they're interested, and so like that's why. I thought a really fun fact that we learned on the tour was like this current owner is making, he's the only owner to make a profit. Like mm. he's making a profit because of this ghost shit. He's like hyping it up. Cause he knows yeah. it's making him money. Like, like I'm, he's a genius with that. He's been the longest running owner. I think, longest running owner. And like the only owner to make a profit. You can definitely tell because like Stanley, like beforehand, I'm sure the owners were like, oh, the ghost nerds are here. Like, or like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, you know. I said when we were waiting to go on the tour, I was like, people who work here probably fucking hate The Shining. They're like, God, this movie. Those yeah. Fucking people. But no, when, but if you look at the vibe when you're actually there, everyone embraces it. Like, so embraced. Yeah. Every, and you, the Stanley Hotel is not just the Stanley Hotel anymore. It's more of a symbol. Um, and one of the earlier owners actually like saw that because the how our tour guide was telling us about how the Stanley was up for sale. Uh, mm-hmm. And they want to demolish the Stanley and make a bunch of condos and someone put it on the registry. They're like, no, 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 there's, there's, this is something special. I can't like get destroyed. Yeah. And look where it is now. Um, but yeah, they really embrace it. They have like these post Frank has a postcard right in front of them that has like a ghostly aura around the door of two seventeen. I was like, I saw that postcard. I was like, I'm fucking getting that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the new owner definitely has embraced it. He's probably the responsible for Ghost Adventures showing up and any other ghost show that's shown up. Um, the heavy heavy marketing for The Shining and now Doctor Sleep. Warner Brothers is just like, even though it's not Doctor Sleep's not even shot in in a uh, in the same place. It has it's it's based off it's a sequel to The Shining from Stanley Kubrick. So, mm-hmm. um, but is the book a direct sequel with Stephen King to to the Stanley Hotel? Like, did he go back and have more experiences? No. I think it's just that he wanted to write about Danny as an adult. Okay. Yeah. I saw something on the television, like an old person, <laughs> since nobody our age has cable anymore. <laughs> but um, 
they did like behind the scene behind the scenes of Dr. Sleep and Stephen King was being interviewed and he was just like, I didn't, I wanted to tell more of Danny's story. He's like, that story wasn't finished for me. So I think that's the inspiration because he obviously was really passionate about the story. And I think as he got older, do you want to grab it? Yeah. Sam has a copy on her um, bookshelf. She's going to grab real quick. Cause I just remembered something about it. I haven't read it in a long time. Um, I have not read it. Oh, but anyways, I haven't read it in a long time either. I bought it when it first came out, and I read it, and I'm yeah. Barely the hotel has it. all this like they have. You you just walk in there, and the vibe is just of like a it's a, it's a dated vibe, but it's not something like you're like oh that could be changed. That it's more of a whoa you're you step back into like that world. You know, like um, that time period. Yeah, and it's just, it's just so cool, and it's kind of a, a bit of a museum they have stuff around about the owners and the mm-hmm. creation of the Stanley hotel and just a bunch of history. But at the same time, you can s- still stay there and they have all this like activity happening at the same time that it's still an active hotel and they've expanded so many different things. And as we walked around the property, seeing all the different like modern stuff they have, but it's very much still the Stanley hotel. Um, and we'll get more into that, but let me allow you to, so I, I just wanted to look at the book because I, I, I remembered that actually the book starts with two quotes from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, hmm. which is like interesting because I think if I remember correctly, a big part of the story is that Danny is actually now an alcoholic and, and uh, he has this whole thing about like the, at the beginning of the book where he's saying like, you know, and he thought his whole life, I'm never going to be like my dad. and And so it's part of like, just to get back into like, like, um, like I was saying before, like the, a big part of the shining is about alcoholism. I think a big part of Dr. Sleep is about how alcoholism can be like generational mm-hmm. and like be passed down, whether genetically or through experiences or whatever. Right. And so, um, to, to tie that back to like the, the hotel, like I was starting to say the kind of the origin of the story is that Stephen King was experiencing all these things at the same time. And then he went to go stay at the hotel. No. Remember they went to go stay somewhere else? Oh, right. And they didn't look at the weather plans and they had to turn around and they were like, we're just going to see the first hotel with lights on. And it just so happened to be the Stanley. That's right. And weren't they there by themselves? Yeah. Because yeah. it was like, it's just like the book. I was like, it was the end of the okay. season. Like nobody's supposed to be there. And they like had to like barter to like at least get a room for a night. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife. Yeah. And so, um, and his son, I don't remember, where was his son staying? They lived in Boulder at the time, and so okay. his son was with a nanny. Okay. So they were like, oh, well, we need a night out alone, so we have to stay somewhere. Mm-hmm. So his son was safe in, in Boulder. Yeah. So his son uh, was away, but while he was there, he had a lucid dream about his son being attacked by a hose in the hallway. Yeah, like a no, no, like I think it's like an old like fire hose, like water yeah. hose that they could use. Um, yeah, it was like re- really old part of the hotel. Yeah, and like he, as he was dreaming, he like woke up to that, and he like froze in the doorway, and he couldn't do anything, and he woke up in like that cold sweat, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, my son's safe, everything's fine." Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you guys remember in the Shining movie, when Jack goes into the ballroom and sees the bartender he tries to give him money and he says your money's no good here mr torrance so this is was for me the coolest part of going to the stanley is finding out that 
Um, according to legend, that is actually based on something that really happened to Stephen legend. King. Legend. I think it's so. a long time ago. <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> he, so, because well, before um, this happened with the lucid dream, Stanley, or I'm sorry, Stephen King went down to the bar in the ballroom. And um, he was, since he's the only one there, he goes up to the bartender and wants to buy a drink. And the bartender said, your money's no good here, Mr. King. And it was because it was the end of the night and uh, he didn't want to put any more money in the, in the till. So he said, um, I know you're a writer. I'll, if you tell me a story, you can like, that'll be your, Payment. Yeah. So he did. And then um, <clears throat> the bartender started telling him about his experiences in the hotel. And we were sort of trying to speculate because one of the things about being in the hotel is that that people have actually seen those two twin girls from the film. So we were trying to speculate. You guys, we were saying like maybe that is where the girls came from is that the bartender saw them and told Stephen King about them. Totally. Because it's the art tour guide like said that it was like proven that they like stayed there. Like they can find them on the registries. Yeah. So like, they just don't know what happened. To them. Right. They don't know what happened to them. But like a lot of the theories, cause like no children ever died there. Like historically they can never find anything that children died there. And a lot of the spirits didn't die there. And what I thought was interesting for the tour was that he said that people like their ghosts end up coming back here because it was like the best time of their lives. And they want to relive it, especially like as young children, like girls, they said, like, back in the, those times, like, you were basically married at a young age. And so they probably would want to go back to the hotel to, like, relive their childhood. So. It was really, yeah, our tour guide gave us a lot of history about it. A lot it, of including history. Including Dumb and Dumber, which also was shot <laughs> at the same <laughs> hotel. Yeah. That was one of the other craziest parts of the tour for me. It was the story about Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yeah. Um, yeah, you to have someone that's, like, this guy, you know. Like this Funny actor, dude. yeah, and then all of a sudden he's like, "I will never sleep in this building again." I will again. not step foot in this building. I don't want anything to do with this for the contract for Dumb and Dumber Two. I am never going anywhere close to that building. That's how crazy it was for him. Um, yeah, and he was put in two seventeen, right? Yep. Yeah, he was he put was in the same room as Stephen King. Um, it's probably Stephen King hiding in the closet, and he's like, "Boom!" He's like, "Nope, not staying <laughs> here." And not to get like too woo woo or whatever, Ooh. but like. <laughs> But like we're not doing a little yeehaw on this. A little yeehaw. But what? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I mean, like if you listen to Jim Carrey talk, he's like I'm I've always kind of seen him as like a really aware dude. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's really smart. He I knows, feel like he's very connected. Like yeah. not connected like money wise, but connected. That and that's what I was gonna say. Level. Like if there's somebody that was like more in touch with, with that stuff, like able to see spirits or whatever, like that would be the guy. Right. Yeah. Um, but going into Stanley, yeah, uh, the our, our tour guide was talking about like, yeah, how people had such a great time in the hotel and that's why their spirits are back. But at the same time, the hotel's built on top of like quartz and a bunch of other minerals and crystals and stuff that activate and give a strong energy for the spirits to reside there mm-hmm. can, like for years to come. Um, and if you guys watch Ghost Adventures, they're they do go to the Stanley Hotel at a point in the series. Season and four, episode three. There you go. Look at that. Let me make sure before everyone starts looking it up. Um season four, episode five. <laughs> episode Sorry. Five. <laughs> but they go to the hotel and they get they get some good activity because they're they have that conduit pretty much uh, underneath the, the hotel to 
yeah. to have that activated. But um, considering how busy that hotel gets, I'm actually surprised Ghost Adventures were even able to get in there. Cause yeah. It, did you have you seen the episode? Uh, a while ago, I kind of remember it, but the main focus, if I remember correctly, it's been a hot minute since I've seen that exact episode. But I remember being disappointed because they spend a lot of time in like the outlying buildings, yeah. not so much the hotel. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is like they're like we can go in the hotel sometimes, but like yeah, it is such a busy hotel that like we're gonna have to do our main overnight filming in a different building. I'm sure Zach was real disappointed. He's like, I really want to like shut it down. Right, like, I'm sure especially. Especially since it's season four, they were such a brand oh, new yeah. thing that, like, I'm sure now if they tried to go, they probably will. They would probably be like, "Yeah, we'll shut it down for you, Zach Bagans. Anything you want, buddy." Right? <laughs> Just like Warner Brothers, like we're walking in, we're taking that, we're taking that. Literally, you know? yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, um, but our our tour guide was really good, a really awesome guy who kept he kept the creep factor up for sure. Yeah. Not in a creepy, he was creepy, but like he, <laughs> he was very creepy, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Um, he knew a lot about mythology and spirits, and that, that added a lot for me. Oh yeah, it was really cool. Right. Especially when he was talking about like the stones and like the yeah. that was so constant cool. like cycle that oh, it gives itself so nice. the energy. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Crazy. I love that whole like aspect of like it charges up and then it like releases. So <laughs> right, could you imagine being the day like it pops and all of a sudden like activity just? I think it just everywhere. doesn't pop. I think because it's always like so full of energy yeah. that it's just continuously cycling that energy. That's that's one of the things about the hotel that. I thought was really cool is the fact that it not just the energy of like spirits, the energy of the people who are actually alive being there, like activates yeah. more because everyone's like having such a good time. And like mm-hmm. I could just, just the blend of all that, like it's just a hustle and bustle and everything. And you're just like, dang, there's so much going on. Um, and also this is a very big, like successful marketing like setup. The Stanley hotel is just any other like ordinary hotel on a beautiful uh, mountain. I definitely recommend it because it's an um, amazing location in uh, Estes Park, um, summer or winter, because it is gorgeous. Um, but because of The Shining coming out, that boosted its like notoriety. And then the movie came out and that did so even more. And then now that Ghost Adventures, you know, like with the new owner, like, like give us all of it. Let's just go. Let's like generate as much as we can here. And it's just it's so energetic and we were we did the night tour so we waited a little bit of we went and explored ourselves but we waited a little bit um for the tour and it to get dark but during that time like different energies were felt i remember like i was like you guys were talking about something and i was just like tone out and i was just like so that, looking that around. was the weirdest yeah. thing we had gone there we were like not even there for an hour and like franco and i are having a good time talking discussing things and deandre is just not into it. He is just staring off. He is distracted he was by not okay. everything. No, else. I no, well, he we, was not we, okay. we we were walking around, and I was like, like real pumped when we got there. You know, I was like, yeah, guys, right. I'm so excited. Like, oh my god, this is cool. And then after a while, we went and like just chilled out in this corner because it was really pretty busy. And I was, uh, Franco and Sam were talking about, um, I don't even remember. I toned out and I just started like. You know, in like a movie or a sense where you start getting like the ringing sounds or like you hear voices, but you don't hear what they're saying. It's just like chaotic. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, and you're like, what's going on? That's how it kind of felt for me. And I was like trying to focus on things, but couldn't. And that's why I like when I was looking around at stuff and I was just like, and then I started getting like hot, like uh, like my body wasn't sure what was going on. So it started like overheating. 
Um, and then that's when they turned and they're like, are you okay? Yeah. We like noticed that you were just zoned out and like staring into the space. And I was like, DeAndre, what's going on? And then they're I like, think you asked him first. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, I had never met. Well, I'm sure I met DeAndre before, but I just don't really remember yeah, having interactions with him. But like, what I know is like on this podcast and you guys like talk back and forth all the time, like continuously talking. And then all of a sudden, like you and I are in a conversation. I'm like, where's Deandre? Like yeah. what happened to this? Cause he was putting in information to like the conversation we were having. And then all of a sudden he was just like, not there. And yeah. he was just like, are you okay? Like, yeah. I don't know you, but this does not seem right. Like I started, yeah. I started like staring out the window and I was yes. just like looking at things. He looked like and... he was paranoid. Like somebody was about to come and murder him. <laughs> like he was looking around like so paranoid. And like my imagination was running wild. I was just like, what if this happened right now? Like, you know, like yeah. just thinking different things. Um, and then Sam was like, do you want to go outside? And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what's weird is right before that happened to you, I like, look, I said to you, I was like, can you imagine being the only person here? Because I was looking around and I was like, when we first got there, there was just so many people. It was kind of touristy. It was awesome. But I was like, man, there's so many people here. It's hard to get creeped out. But then I like looked around and I imagined that none of these people were there and it was just me. And I was like, oh, this is just not feel good. Yeah. No. And I, I kind of, I think that did kind of trigger something because I, I like was looking around and I was like, there's so many people here. But um, I didn't really imagine it empty, but I don't know. There was just, but also to bring up this point, that's also the same spot that Cody was saying that that's where the spiral is, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And mm-hmm. so, um, which could have been a sense of like something was flowing, you know? Oh my that's God. The case. Right. That's so crazy. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I just kind of, I just kind of, I don't know. I can't even explain it, but I'm glad we went outside because I felt like I was about to like go further into something I didn't want to go into. Um, but yeah, so we did the tour at night. It was a really cool, creepy tour. And like when you first go in, you get checked in and you meet your amazing tour guide right away. And you just sit down and they're playing in this little room. They're, they're playing the mini series of The Shining, Stephen King's The Shining. And we're just kind of watching it. Um, and the room's heavily decorated with different kinds of Shining stuff or horror memorabilia. There was um, the It just a bunch of different uh, Stephen King stuff. Yeah. There's the It uh, Georgie setup and just different cool little creepy stuff that I don't know if it's just for Halloween that they had that decorated, but it was really cool. I think it is for Halloween because when I went there before, it wasn't like that. It was just like toned down. Yeah. Um, and then there's a clairvoyant there as well who uh, you can, like, like a psychic. A psychic yeah. 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 Also, just real quick, I want to say I've never seen the, the miniseries. But we watched a little bit of it while we were waiting. And the, Steven Weber, who played Jack Torrance, and Rebecca De Mornay, who played Wendy, were honestly killing it in those roles. It yeah. looked really good. It looked to way better than the movie. Be fair, to, to, watch a, it now. to yeah. credit it, like it is 100% a 90s cheese like yeah. shot oh, yeah. film. Um, so take that as you want. Yeah. The, 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 the performances were great, though. But it was very much a 90s like horror like <laughs> setup. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the what's his name? Weber. Steve Weber. Steve Weber. Yeah. He uh, he was very creepy in it. Honestly, creepier than yeah. To, for me, he was creepier than um, Jack. Jack, because he wasn't because Jack Jack Nicholson plays it really well as like angry. Yeah, angry and like for me, like kind of like possessed by something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this guy just seemed like he was crazy. He was devolving. Yeah, know, for sure, and he was losing his mind. Yeah. Um. And there's like. 
in the ser- in the miniseries that we were kind of watching, like there's that there, you can tell the ghouls versus the humans, like because mm-hmm. they were very structured that way. But um, during the tour, we went. It was night, and we're getting the history of everything. Um, one of the first things we go through is the the ice house where ice would be housed during like summer months and stuff like that. Um, and getting just a history of the hotel and how we, we won't go into it for like time's sake, but definitely look up like have the Stanley hotel. If you have time, because very it has interesting a history, huge, huge Super history. Interesting. Like you wouldn't even imagine yeah. that this is the, and like that got the purpose that the reason it exists and mm-hmm. like just its growth from, the 1900s up to where we are today. Also, they're celebrating 110 years. Mm-hmm. So this it's year, definitely yeah. a big, big year to go check it out. But um, one of the the spirits or entities that they brought up, well, they explain a little bit of different, different kinds of entities. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting that they said has, that does exist there are the, uh, the fairies, the, uh, what are the elementals. elementals yeah. yeah. Um, which, yeah, what did you guys think about that? I wish he went into a little bit more detail about that. Like, he just is like, oh, they're wind fairies and stuff like that. I was just like, but how do they relate? Like, are there stories about them? Yeah. I wish he went into a little bit more detail about it. Because that's nothing I've ever... I mean, I've heard of, like, fairies before, but I've never heard of it at the Stanley. Yeah. So that's where I was just like, okay, well, that's cool that you, like, know about this. But, like, I want to know more about how that's intertwined with mm-hmm. the energy, yeah. you know? And but one of the first ones that were brought up was Billy, who's Billy. a adorable little kid. They have a picture of him. He, has, oh, like, he doesn't look adorable in the picture. Curl. I think he looks adorable. Ooh, no, um, <laughs> but he has long curly hair, very, very uh, period appropriate. Um, but anyways, Billy was a little boy. And he, I can't remember his backstory too much. About he had really. autism. Oh, that's so right. That's because right. of that, yeah. he was a more shy child yeah. because back then they didn't know how, they didn't accept it very much and they didn't know how to deal with it. So they just basically shunned him. So he was just a shy little boy. Yeah. And so he uh, appears from time to time. And if he's comfortable with you, uh, that this was a very interesting, he's comfortable with people that are good with like children well, and have like an open sense and able to like be approachable, then he'll approach you mm-hmm. and he'll hold your hand like you're having like you're walking him or he's walking you. Uh, and our tour guide was talking about how you'll feel a tingle in your hand and it'll be much colder than the rest of your like surroundings and everything. And Franco can <laughs> go more into that. <laughs> so we all had different like strange experiences there. DeAndre just kind of went into detail about how he felt very like, I don't know, cognitive dissonance. Like I've been here before. What is this place? Oh like, yeah. I, I forgot to even go into that. Yeah. Um, that was another thing that happened as I was um, toning out was as we started walking towards the outside, I was like looking around and I was like, I feel like I've been here before. Um, I've been to Estes park before and it was like one summer, but I don't ever recall going to the Stanley hotel, like inside or anything. Um, but I started like seeing vivid things, memories of like, no, I definitely recognize this and this. And I don't, I don't understand why right now. Like, why don't I have those thoughts? How can I not like, how did I not remember this beforehand? Yeah. Um, so I was like really confused and I was like, I'm pretty sure I've gone through here. Yeah. Like, 
Um, so it was very confusing. And yeah, that was a part of my disconnect when things are happening. And then when we went outside, I was like, okay, I'm good again. <laughs> yeah. So that, so that was, um, very strange. It was like kind of the first weird thing that happened. And then, um, we talked about this a little bit before we were, started the tour. We were kind of like walking around talking about our different beliefs around ghosts and things like that. And I was sort of telling these guys, like, I'm not sure I believe in ghosts. I'm not sure I, I think that they're like literal spirits or I don't know. I, I think what I was saying before was I think that there's something happening because so many people have had these experiences, but I'm not sure what it is. And then um, we, as, as DeAndre just was describing, um, our tour guide described this ghost who's a little boy. And he described how people uh, who work with kids sometimes like have an experience where they feel like he's walking around holding their hand. Um, and like, if he thinks you're kind or whatever. And I have had a couple jobs where I've worked with um, young people and um, I've had to like be pretty understanding of, you know, people who've been through like rough situations. Um, so when that was happening, like while he was describing the people that this ghost is attracted to, um, DeAndre and Sam both like looked at me and I was like, uh, so he, he's, so basically our, our tour guide was like, if you want to try to like, you know, have a, an experience where he gets in touch with you, just like call out his name and then hold out your hand. And so Sam and I both like called out to him and uh, we were just like walking with our hands down. And I was sort of like, at first I was like, okay, there's nothing's happening guys. Like this is, this is ridiculous. Like it's not happening. Like, I think I said to Sam, I was like, I haven't felt a thing. We were walking. He would have come like, yeah, but I just kept doing it. And then um, I really don't know how else to describe it. It was super weird. And uh, I felt like someone like touched my hand and then it happened once. And I was like, okay, that was kind of weird. And then it kept happening like over and over and over again. Franco we started uh retreating into himself he would put his hands like across them or like in his pockets and sam kept being like stop it like it pulling happen. his hands yeah, out of his let, pocket let it be and like so he's like fine <laughs> yeah these guys kept like they were both like franco it's okay put your hand out because <laughs> i really was it was kind of starting to freak me out a little bit how much it kept happening yeah and so eventually and he, was, he was trying to discredit it like non-stop he's like no 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 it's fine it's it's yeah right especially when we were outside and you're like no it's just cold i'm just cold but then we went inside and then it like kept up. I like I kept feeling my hand like someone was touching it. At one point, I felt like someone like wrapped their whole hand around my hand, um, which was really strange. So DeAndre explained that really weird moment that he had, and I had a, a moment that was also very strange. That like, it's really not something that you can point to and be like, oh, clearly that's a ghost. But I can only really describe how it felt. So what happened was. We were standing upstairs. We were standing near where room 217 is, the famous room that Stephen King stayed in. And um, I was sort of like thinking about how I kept feeling this thing. Like I kept feeling like someone was touching my hand and I was like, okay, I just need to stop. I need, I'm like, I'm like causing it. I'm probably imagining it. I'm probably, you know, whatever. So I was like, I'm just going to like breathe and just try to like be here in the moment and just like feel whatever I feel. And when I did that, I had this really crazy like sensation come over me of like really deep sadness and then like a feeling that like 
somebody didn't want us to leave but knew that the tour was ending and we were going to leave soon. And it was just so strange. Like, I really don't know how else to describe it. It was like the instant I tried to just like slow down and not freak myself out, that happened. And then, um, I don't know. After that point, I just kind of like accepted that this was happening. And like, I just, I just, and then he kept touching my hand and I was like, okay, it's happening, whatever. There's a ghost here. And um, when we left, I just said, you know, um, I'm going to go home now. Thank you for walking with me. Uh, please don't follow me. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't feel it again. And like, I knew that he was gone. So that was my ghost experience at the hotel. Crazy. And Sam had a pretty crazy experience involving a cat. Of course. Of course. I don't know if it's a cat though. I feel like, cause it was, it was, what, who, there's a, there's pets that passed away on the property and there is a pet cemetery there. Um, Literally. Literally. And we went and checked it out and our tour guide was talking about um, that they do emerge from time to time. And there is one pet that walks around the hotel um, scratching at people's doors. because no, it was, that was the dog. Yeah. And that's what, I, uh, oh, okay. that's what I was thinking about, that it wasn't a cat. It was the dog that was in the hallway. So, um, and Sam has to get into the whole, like, history of this encounter because this is, like, really strange the way that it unfolded. But... Um, I just want to say, so when, when they were talking about the little boy who is, you know, gravitates towards like kind people, like the guys looked at me. And then when they were talking about this cat that like follows people around, we both looked at Sam because <laughs> Sam loves cats and has always had cats. Um, so do you want to tell your story? Yeah, totally. Um, so, like, as DeAndre was saying, that we were at this pet cemetery and, like, they were talking about... I'm trying to find the name for the cat because he, he has a name or it. I don't know. Um, you um, talk about the old picture. Okay. Um, but we debunked that. Yeah, I know, but then we... Okay. Did a similar one. Like, okay. Was, I was just like, was oh, really but that one's not real. So, I went there um, back in, I believe, like, 2016. And um, did you lose the coin? Guys, I lost the coin. Oh no! We have a souvenir coin. Yeah, we <laughs> dropped it. I've been, okay. I've been like, I've been twirling it in my hand for a little bit. Whatever, you'll find it before you leave. Anyway, freaking me out though is the fact that I heard it drop and now it's nowhere near where I left it. Oh goodness! Well, you're gonna be scavenging for that for a bit, apparently. But um, I went back in like 2016. Oh god! And um, <laughs> and I got this picture like down in like the basement or what they call the tunnels and in the very back like where this pipe is you can see like two glowing eyes and at first like I tried okay so I have gone back in 2016 and I took a picture in what they call like the tunnels which is kind of like under the first floor so technically a basement and it's like where this pipe is and there's I took a picture with the flash on and it looks like two glowing eyes where the pipe is in the back like where there's like dirt raised up where like obviously nobody would be because it's like this weird like crawl space area and I try like editing the picture to see if there's anything reflective on the pipe that would have caused the eyes or whatever. Um, I couldn't figure it out. But then when we went there again, we did indeed find out that there are two little 
bracket like things that do cost reflections for like eyes. Oh yeah. So yeah. it was debunked, but this these whole like three years I've just been like, oh my God, I've got these eyeballs. <laughs> and like showed these to the guys when we got there and they were all just like, what the that's crazy. Um so when the we got to the pet cemetery, our tour guide was talking about the cat and how guests like will capture it by like taking pictures and there's two glowing eyes in it. So of course that's why they also why they looked at me because they were like, Oh my God, your picture with the glowing eyes. Um, so then I was like, Oh my God, little kitty. Um, but also like the cat like curls up to you when you're in bed and like wraps up against your legs. So he's very active. It seems um, obviously it's like a no pet hotel, like only for service animals. So why would a cat be curling up to you or rubbing against you? But um, I really wish I just remembered what the cat's name was. I feel awful. It's fine. <laughs> but we were just walking around and I was taking a lot of burst photos because our tour guide said that like they really show up if you take like pictures of in a row. And it also like helps prove like debunking if you have like two pictures that you took like within moments of each other and one has something in it and the other one doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's really good evidence of like yeah, that's weird. So we were, I was just taking burst photos, um, down hallways, up staircases, literally everywhere that we went, I was taking burst photos and, um, down one of the hallways I took, I believe it's like 12 pictures in a row with the burst feature. And I went to go through and, um, it's 11. I went through each one individually to kind of see if I could find anything in them. And there's like, three pictures total that I found glowing eyes in and in between those pictures is a normal hallway. So it's like the normal hallway. And then the, the next picture is like a glowing eyes. And then the next picture is a normal picture. And then the next picture is glowing eyes again, but it was like moving. So it was going from like the right side of the hallway to the left. No, I'm sorry. It's the left side of the hallway to the right, like back by where the door is. And again, it was like, glowing eyes, normal hallway, glowing eyes. And it was like those three and they were going to the right. And so it was very interesting to be like, Ooh. And that's where I was kind of speculating yeah. that kitty. it could be. Yeah. It was oh. just so weird that there was, you had a picture of eyes. Yeah. We figured out that those eyes were not really eyes and we're like, Oh, okay. But then you look at your pictures. But we, we figured that at have the eyes end again. of the tour though. Like yeah, we yeah. Did. it took us a second, but this one doesn't have, there's nothing to like make that reflection nothing and it's so weird because they're like they move so quickly within a couple like like a yeah. millisecond right yeah like i take these pictures and i like hold it down for like a second and yeah. like you get those, those burst pictures and it's just like even looking at it again it's so trippy it's so trippy because like i didn't move i'm just like standing there hold mm -hmm. down for a second and we're gonna continue you yeah. know and there's um Ugh. but like with the the backstory of the pets um what that that's what i was thinking with the dog is because the there's a trained dog in the hotel, not like not a live one of ghostly entity now, but that tends to scratch on people's doors. And when it was alive, it actually, um, it was trained to give you the newspaper. Was it? Yeah. It would mm. bring the newspaper yeah. to your door and it would like scratch yeah. and, you'd and then give you'd it give it a, treat. a treat. Oh, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so people report that kind of stuff and then the cat just does its own thing. And it's just like, you know, that one just roam around. Yeah. Um, but then ultimately the tour leads us down into the basement uh, where we get the end of everything and we go in and uh, our tour guide talks about like a particular ghost 
it's funny that, that each one has a very unique identity and different floors have um, a different residing entity that comes around. Uh, one of the better ones is uh, one of the Stanley's wife, was it? Or no, yeah. no, it was yeah. the maid, right? Oh, yeah, the maid. Her name was yeah. something. Well, anyways, um, while Sam looks up her, the maid, um, there was a, a power outage after one, uh, this big storm one year. Mm-hmm. And so all the power, first of all, a quick thing, Stanley was the one of the first hotels in that region to have electricity in that area. So it was a fully electric setup. At that time, um, but the storm knocked out the power, and uh, this maid had been going around the rooms to light up candles and stuff to uh, get some light in where it was dark. So she ended up walking into it wasn't two seventeen, right? It was one of the ones next to it. I think he was saying about what? I'm sorry. Uh, the maid walked in, and I, no, she walked into two seventeen to light. The, oh, it was two seventeen. Yeah, because um, she had flown. Never mind. Yeah, tell it. Sorry. Oh, you're good. But so she's flown. Yeah, she secretly was a witch. Yeah. So she Elizabeth up, Wilson. Yes, Elizabeth Wilson. She um went into two seventeen to get some candles started and everything. But one of the things she did not know, and this is on, isn't on her. That's just because of the power outage. Uh, that there was a gas leak in the building. Um, I don't know what the kind of gas our tour guide said it was, but it's uh, it was odorless, colorless at the time, and uh, you couldn't see it. Um, but so, but it was highly like explosive. Obviously, and yes. <laughs> so when she lit the candle in two seventeen, it literally blew up the building. Yeah, and she fell through the floor down to the bottom, all the way down to the bottom, and uh, it blew up. The remaining floors above the building and it collapsed on top of her and several Ugh. other people um setting up for dinner in the dining hall down below yeah they all survived that is just so crazy yeah, to me that, that they all crazy. survived yeah um then not only did they survived they survived like for till like their 90s yeah um but elizabeth uh really survived because of her corset it stabilized her spine when she fell so she was able she had like broken bones and stuff but for the most part she was able to recover and the owners were like we're gonna take care of you for from the day you die um and she did then she only had one request which is that she gets to return to work which she continued to do until she was like 91 years old and she died in her sleep but she went home that next day Mm. but that was an interesting thing i thought about the energy in the Estes Park and the Stanley Hotel is a lot of these people that went there and lived their lives there did survive until like well yeah. into their nineties. Like yeah, that is pretty. Even cool. the ones that should have died, like uh, one of the Stanleys. The reason the hotel exists is because one of the Stanley brothers had tuberculosis, and the doctors said that going to Estes Park would be do be the, or Denver, Colorado would do them good. Uh, and when they got there, it was just smoggy and gross because of a lot of mining going on. So they ended up retreating out to Estes Park, which ultimately led to the building of the hotel. And um, he ended up with having six months live, ended up, I think, living to like 90 something. Yeah, he lived to yeah. about that age too. And it, was, and it wasn't even because of like anything me- medical. It was because he died of a broken heart. Oh, um, so sad. Yeah, so sad. his wife passed away, and then uh, I think of a stroke. Right, was what happened, and they 
took her down to Denver, a hospital in Denver. But at that time it took about two hours to get there. Yeah. And then, um, she died. She passed away. And then a little bit later, Stanley passed away. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, it just happened out of nowhere. He was at the Stanley hotel and then he walked out of the hotel and just died. So that's where I felt too, that the energy was keeping him going. Like if he hadn't walked out, it would have yeah. been on break. But, um, buttons, all the buttons, but he passed away and they all, all these stories of all these people, they were well aged and, um, way up there by the time they did go off. So there's definitely something that like is alive, lively there. And then, so when we were in the basement there, the last ghost that we kind of covered was Pierre, the pastry chef. Who's a handsy ghost. Yeah. Apparently very handsy with everybody. Does not discriminate. No, he does not. Um, and very, very into like. There's about three ghosts, right? That they're like we're very into like ladies and different. different oh yeah, rooms. one of them you can't say his name. Yeah, but there's a picture yeah. right next to the door that his yeah. activity happened. So <laughs> his family's like, if you talk about our uh, handsy ancestor, we're gonna sue, sue you. you. Yeah. <laughs> so we can't really. We can talk about the ghosts. We can just like can't say who it is, but um, that ghost is up in like the third floor fourth, fourth floor fourth oh yeah floor. he's at the top yeah um and he likes to get with the women of the hotel anybody who's there and play with their hair and rub their feet and, and their massage thighs. them and whatnot and run them back and then he'll uh but with the man he'll try to get you out of there so basically he's a nasty old bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i wonder how he handles lesbians Never mind. I don't want to think about ghosts. He just threesomes. sits in the middle. Of the <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm then sorry. there's there's the uh, the wife of the hotel, uh, the wife of the, like Monster House, um, the wife of one of the, <laughs> the Monster House. one of the wife of the Stanley. Um, she is still taking care of the hotel. She goes around like making sure things are clean and being very. Uh, professional with it and a lot of times she'll uh see the tours or see people walking around and notices that uh if your posture is off or anything she'll pinch you or like slap you or run your uh her finger down your back to like get you to straighten up and mm-hmm. and be more professional with your how you're looking yeah um because she's very traditional mm-hmm. and then so pierre is the third one that is very handsy and yeah, he likes to uh, grope body parts, and um, Pierre is not going to do well in the Me Too era. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, but I do have a picture. Franco sees it a little bit differently than I do, but we're gonna post it, let you guys see. But DeAndre got a picture of this ghost. Yeah, we just he's disagree the, about where he is. He's, <laughs> he's in the corner. Um, and he's pretty tall. That's another thing about Pierre is like, he's pretty tall and he's a big guy, but he's like friendly, you know, he just likes touching people. Um, but we'll, I'll, I'll post it and we'll, I'll post a side by side of another one that Franco got with someone's flash on. Um, and you can see what you see maybe, but yeah, and then another, what was another thing? Oh, you can know Pierre's around you too if he's like sometimes he'll smell of like sugar and baked goods. baked goods. So yeah, that was the last ghost, and he resides in the basement because that's where all the like 
the kitchen area was and workers would travel yeah yeah there's like hidden corridors like the workers had a whole underground system to walk around which i think is pretty cool it is crazy i just read something very crazy about um the maid that survived the blast um they say that they have no employee records from the time period that this happened at, or that she lived in at least. They, they have no records of the employee records. And so there's no photograph of her as well as there's like no actual, like they cannot find anything that has to do with this woman, but they know information on her and they know stories about her, but they can't find anything about her. And she has the craziest name, Elizabeth Lizzie Wilson Lambert. Lightenberger of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. All right. So she obviously <laughs> has like some kind of history. She has like 600 names, but like they can't find anything about her. That's that so crazy. crazy. I wish that, that was in the tour. Crazy. Thanks, Who? Google. I know, right? Was it the wife that also like, yeah, it is the wife, right? She goes into the rooms and she's like, with married couples she likes. And no, that was the, that, that was, was Elizabeth. The that, that was, was the maid. Her. Yeah. So the maid also, she's pretty traditional in her ways. And so if you were in her ways, um, she loves married couples. She will to the point that she does such nice things for you. She uh, unpacks your bags, puts them in the drawers and stuff without, you knowing lays out your shoes, lays out your shoes. Um, what else? There's something else that I don't know. she does not like unmarried couples. Yeah. She, no. She'll, uh, she'll get in between. You'll feel like a couples will feel a cold sense separation, separating them. Um, she will, like try to like get you to like not be as close during your time there. Just like you shouldn't be the, the men were traditionally sleeping somewhere else mm-hmm. during like that period. So it's just not, it doesn't feel right for that to be a thing. And then um, she really doesn't uh, like single men being in there. Yeah. yeah. So like she'll, she'll pack your bags yeah. and put them, leave them out the door um she'll do everything to like, try to kick you out you should stay there by yourself i, I yeah. kind of want to and i'll just be like See all right well i'm you know what i'm here so if you want to like you know just get rid of my put myself whatever so if you in other words like if, you, if you're on your honeymoon great place to stay perfect if, if you're living in sin you can't stay there you're gonna be having a sin or glory time. depends on how so, you look at it ooh, there you go um there are plenty of weddings that were happening that's another thing that was going on amongst warner brothers taking a good portion of a hotel. Uh, there was weddings going on there. So there's other rooms we couldn't really go into with other ghosts being there, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's, she'll kick you out. What, there's another thing that I'm missing. Like for single females, if they stay there, females, single women, hmm. um, they have like the most peaceful time of their lives. Cause that's, like that was their side of the building. They slept normally, even for like married couples. Like men usually end up having nightmares there. That's oh yeah, you'll have Stephen King dreams. And yeah, just because like happy. men are not supposed to be over there. Yeah, but Elizabeth will treat you better if you're married. <laughs> That's so interesting. Like this lavish hotel, and the women can stay in it, but the men got to go in the lodge like down the road. <laughs> right. So it's the what did he say? It's the Airbnb for like bros or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, if you're trying to like find like a single lady or something here at this hotel or something. He's like, yeah, you gotta go over there and then come up. It's so crazy. It was such a crazy place. Yeah. That, that just, it felt so cool. I want, I definitely want to go explore more again. I, 
it was just like so busy and like so many people there and yeah I think being October and then doctor yeah. sleep and like everything was just going on that I didn't even realize was happening oh, so yeah. it was so like the last happened. time I went there it was not that busy and I went like in July so that's weird you know what was trippy for me was that like there so while we were there there was a wedding going on and a bunch of parties so there was this oh yeah there was a, a big old ball going on too and yeah i was talking to frank about it and i was like the ball something about the ball and he's like what ball i didn't see any ball i was like the ball <laughs> the <ghost>. franco <laughs> the ghost ball i thought he was talking about like an orb <laughs> like there, there was like a ghost orb like what no, but I was like looking around all these people wearing masks and costumes. And I was like, any of these motherfuckers could be ghosts. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do we know? This would be the perfect time to blend in. For sure. Like, like I think, oh, well, I guess, yeah, because everyone was all dressed up. They could have been classical costume. Like, yeah. Floor, what was her name? Floor could have been like walking around just being like, hmm. There was one thing that did creep me out. You didn't see this, but I wanted to point it out. And I'm glad I saw her prior because. If it wouldn't, I was gonna be like, "Oh, guys!" But one of the, uh, there they had like a big costume like party going on, so a lot of people were in different setups. Uh, someone had like a Medusa costume, uh, and I think it was with that group. There was a lady with like white wings, and she had like white bug eyes kind yeah. of wearing stuff. Yeah. And while we were on our tour, looking at two seventeen, um, as we were all going up the stairs, like I was just like taking various photos. And one of them was down the hallway towards the main entrance again. And she was just, like, looking down the hall, like, just staring at us. Fucking weirdo. Like, not moving. And I, like, I was, like, yeah, I'm going to move on now. (laughs) And then she finally moved. But I was just, like, "Uh uh-uh, that's too creepy. She probably was, like, I don't want to interrupt the tour again. I'm just going to stand here and wait for them to leave. Yeah. Right? But But in the weirdest way, Jesus. That's awful. It was was very freaky. Um, we forgot to go back to the gift shop. I forgot about that. That's right. The I think gift it was shop... closed after we had gotten done with our tour. The gift shop is sort of a mixed bag. Like they have some really cool shit. <laughs> they but... had so, yeah, it was so random. Like they have some cool jackets. And yeah. Stuff. And the, like, it's not what you'd expect. You know, what was it called? The apothecary? Is that what it was called? I, I didn't so. know it was oh, named okay. anything. That's a cool name for it. That is what it was. Or it was something else that is in that vein. But, um, they got to step up their t-shirt name. For sure. They had two t-shirts. Yeah. Two. Like, come on. You know how much money you can make? Um, But maybe they're just restocking. They're like, yeah, yeah we got to get new stuff. But there was a really cool, they have a cool clothing line, stuff that has like Stanley Hotel official stuff. And then others that were um, Shining official. And then they had steampunk items randomly around. Yeah. I think that was just, like a Halloween yeah, thing. Yeah, that might be. And then they had random like, turquoise jewels and stuff in like the cases and like there's a whole mix of things going on right now yeah um, yeah it was a hodgepodge yeah that's a good word for it you guys figure this out. but i definitely recommend going to the stanley it was very beautiful um you'll definitely like get a not a bad energy you'll definitely get a like an, a, energy. an, an energy from there and like you'll have something happen yeah for sure there's no way you there's, couldn't yeah. You're just gonna if you, as long as you open yourself up to it, it'll definitely. Or if you don't open yourself up, like I'm sure there's a lot of people that go there and they're just yeah. like, this shit's not real. And then like Jim Carrey, like I'm not saying that Jim Carrey oh, yeah, like walked in and he was that. like, oh, like nothing's gonna happen. I don't know how his demeanor was. I doubt he would be disrespectful in any well, way. The interesting thing that like when they were talking about Jim Carrey was that he was the only one who stayed in the hotel mm-hmm. and requested like two seventeen, I guess, right? Because everyone else stayed like off at another hotel. Um, 
And then he's like, nope, never mind. Going with the rest of the crew. But right. I, yeah, it definitely seems like he was a fan of the book probably and the movie. And he's like, I got to stay in 217, you know? Right. And then he's like, never mind. This is a bad idea. He yeah. won't even talk about it. It was such a bad oh, yeah, idea, apparently. Yeah, like it's Crazy. so, he's so contractually obligated. I wonder if it was like something like in the movie, The Shining, where it's like lady. He's like, oh. And then, like, turns the, into the a woman leopard. From the Shining was yeah. in there. Yeah. The one that turns into an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but so scary. She, uh, yeah, he won't talk about it. He will take that to his grave. I know. That's so, that's so weird. Apparently, he's, like, walked out of interviews before. Like, if he, if he the, our tour guy said, if he's in a good mood, he'll just say, he'll change, he'll change the, subject. the subject. If he's in a bad mood, he'll just walk out. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> I want to see if I can find a video of him walking out. Right, and he will never he will never step foot in the hotel again like we kind of touched on it again when they were doing the sequel he's like i will only do the sequel as long as you don't shoot at the stanley and it's in his contract apparently like they can't shoot there otherwise he won't be in the movie i wonder if like what if it's the surrounding area be like can we shoot on the court well no because he they said that he would hang out like literally right in front of the building oh yeah he would not go inside the building yeah he would go in when they were shooting and then Right. Could you imagine like this funny like comedy like being shot and like knowing in the back of like his head he's like I just saw some shit. No, literally. Like, he's but a I gotta character. be funny right now. Um, I do want to say that if you do plan on going to the Stanley, that the main active floors that we heard of is definitely like the second floor because that's where two seventeen is, and like I think it's like two thirteen, two fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen are all very active because they used to be like a main suite that were all connected before the blast. Um, and also the fourth floor is very active. Not only with the other guy that he who must not be named is That's very right. handsy there, but there's children activity because it used to be the children's floor. So if you're able to stay there, try to get like the second floor, or the fourth floor, but that's not to say that like all the other floors are like inactive. They're just like, For sure. they have their own special things. It's just not like a, common like reoccurrence of like this is what happened and like explore the hotel like yeah yeah definitely just like even if you've been there like oh i've gone this hallway like five times just keep going yeah we went we walked around for like a good two hours two three hours before and it was awesome yeah Yeah. and like you have to be a guest to go up to the floors and the reason we kind of really got access to more in the hotel was because of warner brothers intruding so they couldn't show us the ballrooms and stuff, so they have to fill the tour with other locations, mm-hmm. and which worked out really well. It, it was great. Yeah. No, that was amazing. Thanks, Warner Brothers. Thanks, Warner Bros. Um, Couldn't see the ballroom. We're going to post pictures online on our page where I'll post some non-ghostly ones at the Sandy Hotel, but also we're going to post what we found and what we believe we got. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if we have anything else, really. This was... A good on the go first round of it was a lot. road trip and discussion ready. Yeah. yeah. So we're actually planning on doing another uh, semi haunted episode. So this month we want to do more of these. We want to get back on it, but we want to do like some spooky stuff. We'll probably do the first two weeks in November too, just to keep mm-hmm. around that time frame. Yeah. Because um, why not? So one of the ideas we're thinking of is going to not as far as this one. This this one was just only a one that was a must, but. Uh, the St. James Hotel, which is back in New Mexico, it has a malicious being in there. Uh, it's also in, been researched and hunted and whatnot, poked and prodded. Um, it's so bad in that room, they've sealed it off. You're no longer allowed to go in there. 
the only people allowed are the maids and it's with the manager with the door open at all times to clean it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. But that is it. We should do a La Llorona episode too. That's kind of, I like that. Do well, a we're going to do it by the La river. Llorona. Oh my God. Yeah. Do not. That's, <laughs> I just watched the movie. The movie's not terrifying, but the idea of yeah. La Llorona. Yeah, is no, that messes me up as crazy. a kid. When I was younger, where I lived mm-hmm. with uh, my mom, um, we had like, not it wasn't a flowing river, but when it got real stormy, it like raged. Mm-hmm. And anytime that happened, I would like at night, especially in lightning flashing, I'd be like, she's out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. right next to me right now this is a common thing where we're from a lot of people have the Arona stories mm-hmm. and i don't have one i heard the story a lot when i was a kid yeah there's lots of debate about like where she's from and and a lot there's... it's very interesting a lot of different parts of the state actually claim yeah the story happened there yeah right but... there's like mexican versions mm-hmm. I'm mexican i'm sorry there's that's the right there term. A, yeah. Okay, I was just like, I about to sound so ignorant. No, Mexican versions, there's American versions, there's Spanish versions. Yeah. Like, there's all kinds of cultures that are like, have a version of La Llorona mm-hmm. that's and so then, interesting. Then the, the every so often Chupacabra scare. <laughs> uh, there was there was one time at home that uh, it was like, you know, when someone posts something or writes something else and it can cause like mass hysteria in a community. Yeah. Um, that happened one time with chupacabra um there was spotted sightings of like this animal whatever and ultimately like it led to this huge like thing in my hometown that um like cops were involved and like this mass like hunt happened and and it like at at the end of the whole thing it capped off with like this like i guess this group of like officers were out in like the forest and they thought they saw something and it was out close by my house, so you could see the flashing like police lights, and then you just heard nonstop like firing of guns, like everywhere, and everyone's like, "Oh, That's oh wild. no!" Yeah, and I'm like, "Could you imagine being like so hysterical that like you like start firing into nothing and like, oh, I just accidentally killed someone because I didn't." Oh guess. my god! But um, not, I don't think anybody got injured, but like that was a wild. Yeah, time. it's it's so crazy. So um, I wanted to, uh, as promised, send out a special thank you to the people that donated. To oh, I was going to this... do that in the intro. Well, I'm doing it now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, fight, fine. fight, we'll, fight. We'll finish the episode with this. I'll thank you in the beginning and we're going to we'll, get two we'll thanks. We thank you here <laughs> now. Yes. <laughs> so um, just thank you so much, everybody who donated to make this episode uh, possible. Thank you for supporting Discussion Ready, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, we for appreciate listening. it. Yeah, thank you for listening and enjoying what we talk about. I hope you really like this episode because this is this is a special one and it's definitely one of our longer ones, if not the longest. But go ahead. So thank you first and foremost to Sam, who not yes. only donated but um, let us stay with her. Yeah, and like help us get to the Stanley yes. and like explore with us and she have drove this us creepy there. time with us. Which I mean, I'm really just fun. excited to have like this experience because I don't know. Being able to share it with you guys as like intellectual beings was so fun. Not saying that all of my friends are stupid, <laughs> but they're just not interested in these things like I am. Yeah, so totally. it was very nice to like be able to go and actually like have the experience that I wanted from the Stanley Hotel. So thank you guys for coming. That's really amazing and I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank We're you for so having happy us. And um and then also thank you to um, our two other donors, uh, Genevieve. My Woo. sister. Thank you. And uh, uh, thank you so Evan much. As well for joining as well. As we said, we would name you, drop you. Um, there's another thing too as well to include in that. But so thank you three for 
mm-hmm. for donating and supporting us and helping us get out here. Yes. And you guys all donated more than um, $20. Or I'm sorry, more than $10. Um, and we are going to be having shirts pretty soon. I haven't talked to DeAndre about no, this No, this is news to me. This Hello. Is to me, but, um, there's a design in the process, so you guys are each going to get a free shirt. I'm um, so excited. Oh, my yeah. God. That's so cool. <laughs> there's my shirt. So if I donated, I would have got a shirt, but now I have to pay for it. Well, How it? Yeah, you have to pay for a discussion-ready <laughs> t-shirt. Yeah. Cool. Well, now I'm excited. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome to, that we can provide, hopefully, something to you guys down the road. Um, so we will keep up on that, I suppose. And as well... Uh, you got me excited about the shirts. I don't even know where my thoughts. I'm sorry, was I didn't even talk to DeAndre about this. Yeah. But this is something that's happening. It's in the process of the design being created. I don't even know where it is now. I yeah. had this like point to make, but it was a great trip. Uh, oh yeah, the 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 other shout outs. Uh, we kind of are trying to help out other podcasts amongst growing with ourselves. Um, Franco has one. I have one. Uh, I'll let Franco. Do that one first. So check out our friends over at Bite the Pen podcast. Um, you can follow them on Twitter at Bite the Pen, and you can listen to them, I believe, on iTunes among other uh, streaming services. They talk about movies and writing and art and uh, feminism. And then we also have uh, Girl Talk and everything in between. They are using Anchor as well, so they are on all platforms for you. You can check them out. Uh, they. Pretty much it's in the title. So yeah. uh, two great podcasts to check out. We thank you for listening and we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Do you ever not understand that we're just a complete mess on this show? Sometimes. I'm a mess. Like DeAndre's a mess. We say we're going to do something and then we go on some other tangent. Are you a mess? I'm a hot mess. Oh yeah, we got we got some glorious things here, and we're all over the place. But you know what? <laughs> we got a story to tell. We told that story. Coming at you one more time with our big thank yous to our donors, Sam. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Genevieve, thank you so much. Heaven, thank you very so much. much. You guys are amazing. Thank you for donating again and uh, getting us on the road to do this exciting episode. I hope you guys liked it. I hope it met expectations. Uh, and I hope you guys love the pictures that we're about to post. But um, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, this was definitely a longer episode for sure, but we had a lot to talk about, a lot to geek about, a lot to experience with you and get you hyped up for Halloween. What did you think? Do you believe in ghosts? Did you like what we talked about with ghosts? I think this episode was stupid and we're just kind of crazy and maybe got a little paranoid with things. <laughs> you think we got... You think we got... Uh, In our own heads, we're just like, oh my God. You got hoaxed? Yeah, you think... You, think you we got think, bamboozled? I don't think we got bamboozled. I, I wanted got, to be bamboozled. I was expecting like some Disney animatronics up in no, here. No, I like, totally was too. I was like, oh, look at yeah. this table. Oh, that thing just fell off. Oh my God. Before we started... On the tour, I actually thought, like, I was like, oh, my God, this hotel's probably pumping some hallucinogenics for you right now. And you're going to be like, hallucinogenics. Well, <laughs> They're going to hand them out at the beginning of the tour. Yeah, exactly. They're like, can you please put this in your system? This isn't going to work unless you take these. No. Um, as my boo, Fox Mulder, would say, the truth is out there. <laughs> Have a good day and a 